Welcome. Welcome. I think that's lowest that I can go. Welcome. Okay, yeah, you'll put put just put aside my rubbish introduction. But suddenly, coming into active voice. Welcome to a dossier. My name is Shida Osman. And then straight into the rubbish attitude once again. Um, I hope, as usual, I hope everyone is doing well from wherever you are listening from, from Singapore, from US, from France, from UK and India. I, I, reali- I was looking at my statistics, I realised that there was a surge of numbers of listeners from India uh, I, and I'm pretty sure it's because of the previous episode that I did uh, on Offsite uh, in regards to my obsession about Sharuhan. No, I don't have a shrine, I have a motivational uh, whiteboard that has his picture on it. <laughs> but please, listeners from India, please don't stop listening to me because I stopped talking about Sharuhan. Stay obsessed. <laughs> uh, also, thank you so much for all the DMs. Uh, it's not a lot. It's not like I have a thousand, but uh, thank you so much for all the concerned DMs asking me whether it was here. I I always have that, but and I always repeat the same things because uh, this few days I'm fortunate. This few months I'm fortunate enough to have you know uh, media projects handed by my friends. Uh, all around so I'm here in the, I'm a little bit here I'm a little bit there so thank you so much for understanding ADOCA is still on as usual uh, I've recorded some contents but I, I only need to find a time to just release it so yeah uh, most probably this episode will be out uh, on aid uh, to all my Muslim friends and myself included aid Mubaraku um, yeah before you stuff your face I'm fasting right now and whatever you want to call it, I think this is also a coping mechanism for me. I'm thinking of all the lontongs and lemangs and sorry fasting friends, please don't kill me, but the kuih tart and the... I don't have kuih suji this year. So sedih lah. Uh, TMG podcast, is it? Suddenly change... <laughs> suddenly change my accent into like Malay. But yeah, before you stuff your face uh, with all the lontongs and lemangs, please be reminded that you need to use your body for a long time. And if you grow sideways, there is no one else to blame except for yourself. So yeah, uh, copy mechanism. Before, <laughs> before I introduce today's topic, you guys can laugh at me today, okay? Because I'm fasting and I cannot curse. So this will be a huge challenge for, I think my... Uh, my co-hosts and co-workers from TMG will be laughing at me right now because I can't curse. Mm. Erosia is full of expletives, as usual. Uh, anyways, before I start today's... Uh, before I go into... Before I... Before I introduce today's topic, I think uh, there needs to be a backstory that should be introduced. Why I want to talk about the topic today is because, you know, it's one... I'm going to drop hints here. One, it's a mode of communication. We see it more often than we would like to. But um, also, doing podcasting for the longest... Well, not longest time lah. But for two years, I w- I'm, I'm always thinking of ways of how to spread podcasts to people that might not be able to listen to podcasts. You know what I mean? Like, um, today's topic, okay, one of, one of the, the hints would be, I I'm tr- I was thinking to myself, like, how, what if I am deaf? How do I reach out to those people? So that's why today's topic came out as well. Um, of course, the option of transcribing my podcast on my blog would be w- one of it. But I, like I say, I'm a one-woman show. Forgive me, I, I, I am trying to get there, but... 
probably if I do have more manpower in the future I would transcribe my podcast and actually put it um, on my blog itself so that was one of the thought process that went into my head that produced uh, today's topic also you know when I uh, say mode of communication and when I say that we see whatever I'm going to talk about today more often than usual if you are an avid baseball fan uh you will always see this on the baseball field. And also, if you are a yogi, or if you do meditation, or if, like me, you watch, like, a lot of uh, Indian movies or Indian... I'm sure you're familiar with Indian Indian traditional dance. They use this in there as well, and it's called mudras. Am I getting any warmer here? <laughs> yes, it's called mudras, by the way. You're welcome. Um, like I say, I know you've read the topic and I know I dropped hints, but let me just do my job. Anyways, in today's episode, episode 17, Nonverbal Communication, the badasses who discovered sign language literally own the middle finger. I shall attempt to uncover for you the sign language. I think we're going to talk about the definitions, the founders and a brief gist of what went on in discovering the sign language. Uh, <laughs> I like to think I am very proficient at sign language. You want to know why? Uh, because I am the most, I am the best, no, I am the most terrible human being in the world. Um, I remember when I was working um, in the office and I am always like, whenever, especially in meetings, I'll be like, eh, to my co-workers and then signaling behind. When there's a meeting, I'll be like, eh, makan. Oh lunch or also whenever you know there's that one asshole at every workplace i'm like the hell like you know you always you can't possibly go up to that person and just say hey you you can so you just use hand signals and actually you know talk about them behind your back to your co-workers but yeah (laughs) jokes aside before we dive in it is important that you know that there were actually a lot of difficulties in making the sign language as an official language but but i like to think that the heroes that i'm about to introduce are exemplar and should be huge inspirations to our world especially in our world today i think we need more of them um you know when they say it it needs a village to take care of a child but for in this case it takes a it takes countries to make the sign language recognized very much like the world today there was so much ignorance about the deaf society back then that some of them were really adamant about teaching deaf people to conform to speaking instead of using sign language in a dossier's true style, let's begin with definitions. So, what is or are sign languages and who uses them? So, sign languages are visual images that uses hand, face, and body movements as means of communication. It is commonly used as the main form of communication for people who are deaf or hard of hearing. However, there are many situations where sign language are used by people who aren't deaf or hard of hearing, such as autism, apraxia of speech, which is a speech disorder in which the brain has difficulty coordinating the oral movements needed to create sounds into syllables, syllables into words, and words into phrases. Like, you know how Americans get into the habit of sending their children for uh, speech therapy? I know it doesn't happen in Singaporean society, but I think it's a good 
thing to inculcate in our lives because that's how you detect uh, apraxia of speech. Also, finally, cerebral palsy and Down syndrome. So these are the people who uses sign language other than uh, the people who are deaf or hard of hearing. Now that I've got you covered for our definitions, let's move on to the problem of the sign language. The problem. Aristotle. Did you know that Aristotle, yes, the Greek philosopher, is a beep, I can't curse, people, among other good things that he has done. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he was the problem. I say this, I can't get my words right. I say this because during the 5th century BC, Aristotle claimed that... It is impossible to educate deaf people and because of that, it resulted in being widely believed for the next goddamn 2,000 years. What a fudging witch. I can't curse, but look at how smooth that was. Now, because of what he said at that time, deaf people couldn't, one, legally hold property, two, couldn't get married because society was afraid that deafness was a hereditary trait that would be passed on to future generations, three, deaf people were denied citizenship and even religious rights. How bad is that? Fourth, even though deafness was regarded as a shameful disability, any form of sign, as in sign language, was ostracized and discouraged, making it nearly impossible for these people to communicate freely. Just, do you feel the anger in me while I record this part? Because, like, it's so... Okay, anyways, moving on. That was the problem, right? Now, solutions. How was the sign language discovered and when? Of course, like every opposites in life, with every naysayers, it only reveals people with the biggest of hearts. Now, the road to solutions, which is the discovery of sign language, first began with the Archbishop of York, John Beverly, in 685 AD, who famously taught a deaf boy to speak. But, instead of seeing this accomplishment as proof that Aristotle was wrong, masses of that era deemed this act as divine, as in a miracle from the higher powers, rolling my eyes, rolling the deep. So, you know, <laughs> uh, so remember how I told you it took countries to discover the sign language? I wasn't kidding at all. Now, the next few minutes, I will relay to you for, no wait, five important names in the discovery of sign language in Europe. It all started with Europe. Number One, Girolamo Cardano, Italy. In the 16th century, much like the reasonable rebel that I am, an Italian physician and mathematician named Girolamo Cardano, also known as Girolamo or Geronimo, challenged the claim and started developing his own code of hand gestures. Although his code was never widely adopted, he did use his methods to teach his own deaf son. Number two, Juan Pablo di Boni. Spain. Cardano's theories greatly influenced another Spanish monk named Juan Pablo de Boni. After developing his own methods of educating deaf pupils, Boni published the first book on sign language in the year 1620. In it, he included his own manual alphabet of hand shapes representing sounds. This was the first published system of fingerspelling in history. His book sparked interest across Europe in educating deaf students, but it wasn't until the mid-700s that the next groundbreaking achievement in sign language development took place. Number 3. Charles Michel Dulepe, France. 
If you have done a thesis on sign language before, then the next name probably would not be a stranger to you. He's called, or he is also known as, Father of the Deaf. Excuse me if I get the name wrong. Charles Michel Dulupe was a French Catholic priest who devoted his life to caring for the impoverished French. And it was during this service in the slums of Paris that he met two twin sisters, both deaf. When he stepped in as their new teacher, he decided that it would be his lifelong mission to serve and educate the deaf population of France. The French deaf community already used a common sign language in Paris, which was developed organically over centuries. What he contributed was, he created a series of hand signals to replace the sounds of the alphabet, adding to the old French sign language system. He uncovered that deaf people learn visually all the same things that other people learn by hearing. In the year 1760, he founded the first free public sign language school in the world funded by his own inheritance. The school was called the Royal Institution of Deaf Mutes. Number 4. Thomas Braidwood, England. In England, Thomas Braidwood was establishing the Braid Woods Academy for the deaf around the exact same time that Luper's school opened in France. He was pivotal in developing the same British sign language used today in the United Kingdom. And then, when sign language transitioned to America, number five, the great Gallaudet. Thomas Hopkins Gallaudet was a Yale graduate and an ordained clergyman in Hartford, Connecticut. He dreamt of becoming a professional minister, but his path took a different turn in 1814 when he met nine-year-old Alice Cogswell, who was the deaf daughter of Gallaudet's neighbor, Mr. Mason Fitch Cogswell. Gallaudet befriended Alice when he saw that the other children weren't playing with her and he began teaching her the names of objects by drawing pictures and words in the dirt. So what happened from there was Gallaudet was amazed by Alice's intelligence, personality and enthusiasm to learn even though she was deaf. When Alice's father saw his daughter's progress, he convinced Gallaudet that he should learn more about educating deaf children. As a prominent member of Connecticut Society, Dr. Cogswell used his connections to raise enough money to send Gallaudet to Europe to study established methods of deaf education. Gallaudet hoped to be trained at one of the Braidwood schools for the deaf that I mentioned before, but they turned him away and wouldn't teach him without any compensation. So the discouraged Gallaudet parted ways with the Braidwoods, but shortly thereafter met Abe Rock Ambrose Kukuran Sicard. I hope I pronounced the name correctly. Lupus successor at the Paris School for the Deaf. When Gallaudet introduced himself and explained his vision of establishing a school for the deaf in America, Sicard gladly invited him back to Paris. Now, because sign language was still growing, many was against it. There was a lot of misguided advocates. Alexander Graham Bell, yes, was one of them. Yes, it's the same Bell who invented the telephone. He was convinced that oral education was the best and only way for deaf children to learn. So Surprise, surprise. Because of this ongoing conflict between oral and manual education, the infamous Milan Conference happened in the year 1880. Deaf educators from seven different countries all gathered in Milan, Italy to make decisions about the future of deaf education. The majority of the delegates firmly believed that oral methods were superior to sign language. Sadly, the oral delegates won the vote and the Milan Conference decided that sign language would be banned from all schools. And because of this, in some classrooms, the signing ban was enforced 
through cruel methods like tying deaf students' hands behind their backs to force them to speak. But on a lighter note, on a more official level, America's National Association of the Deaf was created in response to the Milan Conference. As an ode to those kids who got their hands tied behind their backs, let's end on a positive note of awareness with a few quick facts of ASL. Now, International Sign Language Day is on the 23rd September and just so you know, there are actually a lot uh, there are various types of ASL. Um, in record, there is 135 different sign languages around the world, including American Sign Language, British Sign Language, and Australian Sign Language, which is, which is called Auslan. Most countries that share a spoken language do not share the same sign language. I found out that uh, Arab actually has their own sign language as well. about our woes complaining about how hot the weather is here in Singapore and then you know or probably being um, under lockdown because of the COVID-19 and then there are exemplar people like the people above who are making history where has our priorities in giving meaning to being a human being went to anyways <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, I am actually stretching while I'm doing this plug, do follow Ados here on all the major social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, WordPress. And even better, download this episode so you can listen to my voice again and again. Ha ha ha, shameless plug. Or if you do have anything to talk about or, you know, a topic that you would want me to cover and, you know, if you like the flow of my research and how I uh, come up with the content, do contact me on my Instagram. I'm much more more uh, active on Instagram so my handle is shida underscore osman in case you haven't heard of the other project that I'm working in it is a cultural and media initiative called the Malay Gentry along with my other two partners Pak Jofei from the Careers Collector and Afik Daniel who is an artist and graphic illustrator from Matsani what the Malay Gentry is about in a jizz is if from wherever you are listening in the world if you are curious in what goes into the ethnicity of being a Malay our heritage or even the current affairs of the Malay community in Singapore come follow the Malay gentry (laughs) Uh, you can follow us on all the media platforms Instagram Facebook where we do have a website as well and also we have a podcast on Spotify in fact we just released our debut uh, podcast on Spotify so do check it out and good news is it's all in english yay so just in case that you are gonna bitch and say that i can't curse but i I think bitch whatever uh so if you're gonna bitch about me and say that where the hell isn't there new content for a dossier just so you know i'm juggling like a gazillion plate well not a gazillion dramatic like probably like five plates right now so thank you so much for your patience (laughs) So that's it. Until the next episode, I love you guys. And always stay curious. Send virtual hugs and kisses to all the people you love. I wanted to say say, see you again, but we don't visually see each other. So yeah. Until next time, bye.